We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat. So we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you to be. Hello everyone, as we continue in our college series, today I've got a great guest. Many of you have been eagerly awaiting. Kara Walker is with me today. She's a college scholarship strategist and the host of the podcast, Money and Mental Peace, Find God's Plan for College and Graduate Loan and Debt-Free. Kara, welcome. I'm so relieved to have you on the podcast today because I am currently the the mom of a, a high school junior. And as we get closer to the college process, my anxiety is rising <laughs> steadily. Um, personally, I went to college debt-free, and by the time this airs, they will have heard my story of how I got through college debt-free. Um, and I love your story, and uh, I met, well, we've never met in real life, but I know Kara because we both took the same podcasting course uh, mm-hmm. through Stephanie Gass, so we're in the same Facebook community for that. But it's a cool community because we get to hear what other podcasters are doing. And that's where I discovered her podcast. And it's really a wonderful gem of a podcast. Um, And what you bring to your listeners is just incredible advice. You you work with everyone, correct? Young ladies and young men? Yes. Okay. Um, Because you do have like a, a, a Christian part of your your podcast where you're working with like the mental piece of like the Christian college woman, but, um, but you, you will work with everyone as far as the college scholarship search goes, correct? Yes, definitely. So thanks for having me. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where we kind of niche into who we're mainly talking to, but like Mm -hmm. I listen to mom podcasts and I'm not a mom, you know, but it's like about business or about something else. So it's kind of like, I have my focus and then, but I work, I've worked with a ton of different types of people for clients. So yeah, so that's what I I do. I have the podcast. I help students find scholarships for college as well as a broader range of how to go to college debt-free, but I mean, my actual services are the scholarships and I like connecting with other podcasters. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I don't usually have guests on my show. So I was telling Kara before I hit record that I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not a great interviewer, but I know that this is weighing on the hearts and minds of a lot of my listeners right now. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to have a guest on, it's got to be somebody good. That's going to really bring some, some great nuggets to the audience. <laughs> so Carol, I know your story because I've listened to your podcast, but could you please share your journey um, of how you got through college debt-free um, and how you're using those skills to help families now? Yeah. All right. I'll do the bird's eye view because we can go okay. deep in every section of it. But basically I found Dave Ramsey in high school when I did his financial peace university for actually like a math class. 
Um, and so I was just hooked. I found it fascinating. And also maybe that there's a system, an exact next step and like potential that um, you can be a millionaire and you can know how to earn, build wealth, but it wasn't just like some scammy get rich quick. And, you know, it was using it to build wealth for your family legacy and for the kingdom and also to give like it was wholesome, you know, mm-hmm. so. I got into that, started, you know, nerdy budgeting myself at like 15, 16, which I think was so fun in my little uh, (laughs) notebook. And I was like, if I want to do this, I need to graduate debt-free because I wanted to go to college. You don't have to go to college. I talk to students about college and you don't have to go to college, but it is a great option. So yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing though. And like, because I didn't know what I wanted to study. So I didn't know what to like go for with scholarships and other things. So actually, even though I mainly help students with scholarships for my work, um, I we talk about a lot of stuff on the podcast. So I actually tested out of a lot of classes with CLEP tests, um, which stands for college level examination programs that you can study. Either you already know the, the content or you can study stuff on your own to um take a test and get the college credits if you pass and then it was like a hundred bucks to do this so I'd get three or anywhere from three to six college credits for like a hundred dollars which is amazing because I mean yes there's more inflation nowadays but that was still a really cheap then I mean I'm not that old (laughs) like my like a class at my university was like fifteen hundred dollars and that was like a hundred you know since then you know y'all should come listen to the podcast because I have found out that there's a company that actually uh if you use their study guys will reimburse you for those tests so excuse me so it's completely (laughs) free then yeah so there are some students that are getting like their prereqs like a year first year or two of college for free Uh, I didn't know about that at the time so I'm going to try to go fast. I transitioned to community college. Um, some I paid cash for. So actually, I got pretty much an associate's degree. Um, not pretty much. I did get my associate's degree, but through like testing out of classes, some out-of-pocket cash and scholarships, actually just from my graduation party money. So mm-hmm. I, I, So, you know, I just kind of held that close to the vest and I did buy a laptop and then just like, held it tight as I try to test out of stuff and be frugal and, and, um, you know, just get my two years under, I didn't have to get an associates because I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I just focused on that. So then, but I also was at my community college, actually got a, a choir scholarship. Community colleges, people don't think they have a lot of options, but from what I've seen, have a ton of scholarship options and mine, especially because they actually had several like full ride tuition scholarship options. One was our uh, chorale, our choir, which is kind of just, I feel like weird and random for so many fine arts scholarships at a community college, but I got into that. And so that actually paid for two years, but I does had, that mean that you're, does that mean you're like a singing major or you have to major no, in chorale or anything? No. And that literally just kind you of only needed, a, yeah, you only needed a 2.5 GPA as well. So, um, it, you don't have to be majoring in it. They also had band scholarships, like like concert band, and then okay. some. They had some GPA related ones too. But no, it was just I had to go to practice once a week, and we had like four concerts in in a school year. But it was right there at the school. We weren't traveling or whatever. It was like the best deal ever. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I actually got it after the deadline because I hadn't found out about the scholarship until late. 
So I emailed the uh, director and I was like, are there any of these left? And she's like, well, just so happens somebody decided to go to a different school and we, they gave one back. So I'm just trying to say it always pays to ask. Um, so I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't uh, needed two years because I had been already testing out of classes. Um, but I did end up doing two years, two, two more full years in my community college because I was able to do an articulation agreement, it's called, where you can, um, there's an agreement between the university I ended up going to and the community college. I'll just, I just call it community for fast for short. Okay. And so I could do like two thirds of my degree at community before ever going on campus to the university. So that was another way that I ended up using the rest of that two-year full-ride scholarship when I hadn't really needed it at first because I was testing out of classes. It was kind of a mishmash, you know? So um, does your, so the college that you ended up at, did they have a relationship with that community college? Yes. Is that, and yeah. how do you even, I'm going to ask like the dumbest questions because yeah. I am like the nervous mom that has no clue. Um, how do you know which college is a community college is affiliated with? Would that just be on the sure. website or? It could be on the website, but just a lot of meetings with a counselor there, an academic counselor. So I'm in Michigan. We had the MTA, the Michigan Transfer Agreement, that if you did so many of these general prereqs, you could transfer from any community college to any uni like state university. Mm -hmm. other, other states have different types of things like that. But really, I, what I like to tell people is, go to your school counselor, but not just from the one school, like both your community college and then the school you're wanting to go to, talk to them and make sure the wires aren't crossed and that okay. they're an opportunity. And I also did some research of my own just to like look it up online. Um, in between all of that, or in the midst of all of that, I guess I'd say, I also became a writing tutor, which doesn't didn't pay me, but was supposed to give me a class for free. But since I already had my classes paid for, they just gave me a, a gift card to the bookstore. So I got all my oh books my paid for. Yeah. So everybody listening, like be aware of other options. And actually you have to be referred by a professor to become one of those. Nobody had referred me, but they don't always think of it. They're busy. They have a lot of students so I literally just went to a professor and I was like can you refer me for this and they're like sure so it's like, oh like you can just ask for things you know ask for options um also in the midst of this I did an internship through the National Park Service uh because I was finishing out associates and other things and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to major in I ended up leaning towards business but I also didn't know exactly like what area um, so in the midst of it, I did some job experience like that was great. It beefed up my resume to like, the, I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but just seemed like the greatest ever because like I, I learned how to write like a, a federal grant proposal. Like I did all these other things from that internship that I could include there. And then they gave me, they would call it an education award. It's pretty much a scholarship, but like you had to, instead of like writing an essay to earn it is like you had to do the internship for so many months and then get the scholarship. And I just, there's different ways of doing things. So, um, nope, there's a lot more I could say about that, but I'm just gonna go on. Okay. <laughs> um, I kept pushing to eventually transfer everything, go to my university. Turns out then there was a conglomerate of um, uh, scholarships I had earned for like transferring. One was an honor society that I had been in at my community college 
And when I say honor society, I mean, you did have to have a higher GPA, but it wasn't like you had to have a 3.8. Like, I think you had to have a 3.0 or something like that. Okay. Like, you know, and I think it was like $30, like local community college dues and $30 nationwide dues because there were scholarship opportunities. So I joined. I didn't really do much. I really mm-hmm. did not do much in this group. It, it was even a club. I didn't do a ton. But when I transferred, to, I went to Eastern Michigan University. I transferred there and they had part of the, one of their transfer scholarships was in, if you were in that group. So I got okay. $3,000 a year just from being in that group and not doing anything. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. So like, if you ever are notified that you're like, like nominated or accepted or you qualify for this, that, or the other, like, don't just like delete the email. See like mm-hmm. what's in it for you. Um, like what potential scholarships there would be or what networking or all the things. Um, now I did take longer to go through college because I didn't know what I was doing, both <laughs> what I was studying at first and then also how I was paying for it. So yeah, I didn't get a loan and people ask how I graduated debt-free. And this is by very simplistic answer that probably sounds like a smart aleck, but it's true. I went through college debt-free because I didn't get a loan. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's just plain and simple. Like it was like thinking of you get married and divorce isn't even an option. Like you're just going to mm-hmm. go to counseling and figure out through it. Like just getting a loan wasn't even an option. So I was just going to, was going to figure it out some other way. That's how I actually did it. Cause it wasn't an option, if that makes sense. Um, but it took longer. So by the time I was already into my twenties and a bit older, um, I actually started getting some state and federal grants. Cause when you get to a certain age, they count just your income and not your parents. Or I should, I'm used to talking to students. They would count mm-hmm. your students' income and not your income in their qualifying for uh, FAFSA and like grants and such. So then I ended up getting like a Pell Grant and I wasn't even expecting it. So that was kind of like a blessing and a direction from God because I had felt a little stressed like I'm taking longer. You know, I'm 23, I'm 24, I'm still in college. But then I got money for that. So it was fine. And the fact that even if you're you listening, your kid takes longer than, quote unquote, four years, this supposed to be like if you're graduating debt free, who cares? Like you're already ahead of the game. So and then there was a period of time at this is the last thing at, towards the very end that I had kind of just exhausted a lot of my scholarships and my grant money. Then I had to pay some cash again. <laughs> and I was like really irritated because I just didn't want to pay for my own schooling. But I mean, I had the cash because I had been saving it a little bit all those years. So right. then I just kind of finished out my last year or my last semester because I graduated in December, like mm-hmm. writing a check, which was annoying. But I'm thinking it was good that I could just do that. <laughs> right. So, and it probably wasn't $10,000 or no, more. It was fine. It was fine. And then yeah. I, my bank account wasn't depleted. I still had some money in my bank. Like it was fine. <laughs> right. Um, well, you touched on a little bit of what I was going to ask you later on. But um, when I went to high school, we, this is before the internet, our college or our high school guidance counselors had that big, massive book on the ultimate scholarship book. And we had to go through there and submit two applications every week, our entire junior year. Nice. But I noticed, and, and most of our class got money. I think I, I graduated in a class of, I believe it was 87 girls in my graduating class. And I believe we had over 
I want to say 2 million, definitely $1 million in scholarships. Wow. Yeah. Like we all got something, even if they were very wealthy families, they still, the kids got something because the nuns and they made us do this. But that's one of the things I noticed in that book was like, there are scholarships for students that are getting older, you know, and you just have to kind of go through them and just see what you, what you qualify, what, what you qualify for now that maybe you didn't two years prior. And would you agree that that's true? That like you should keep yeah. looking for scholarships, even if you didn't qualify for any going into college? Yes, definitely. Cause okay. within a university, um, some don't even open up for you to apply for until you've already been a student for a semester or two. It's for current students. Mm-hmm. So what, what are you, I'm used to saying you, but what your student would get is like an award letter. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's mm-hmm. just like based on your income and based on the child's GPA or scores, whatever, SAT or whatever you're taking. Um, that's literally just the start of it. Then you got to go deeper on like, let's talk to financial aid. What's the next scholarship application process? And then once you're a current student, you can keep looking. Then once you're like focused in your department, Mm-hmm. on like not just general prereqs but the student is focusing on being a teacher or engineering there's usually more scholarship opportunities in those departments but you have to wait till you're like in it you know mm-hmm. and that's just at your school like there's other ones out just in the world and from businesses and corporations and states and whatever so yeah there's always like like if you feel like you've exhausted what you can find right now just wait like three to six months, you know, there'll be more, you know, more options, more deadline times, more applicable to your situation. Or just if you didn't get money from what you applied for, just try again. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them reopen every few months or year or quarter or whatever. And there's another option. Yeah. Yeah. That's really encouraging. And I think I knew that but I also wonder if students kind of get a little bit, um, I don't want to say lazy in searching for scholarships once they've, they've gone into college because maybe they just took out the loans or like, forget it. I'm, I've got my money to get through college. But really what you're saying is they could still be looking. Yeah. They could still be earning scholarships. And it's constant. It is. Okay. That's good to know. Um because I was, I was so in the episode that will air before this, I talk about just like the graduation rates. And now instead of four-year graduation rates, they're giving six-year graduation rates. So it's like when I was in college, we would joke that people were on the five-year plan, but now it's more like what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. how many years total was it for you between community college to the graduation? Well, there, there was a period of time that I was not full-time. Because okay. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I kind of skipped over when I said that internship, the national park thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just a short internship. I did it for 15 months. Okay. Like, there was time that I literally took one college class at a time as I worked both to save money, but, but also because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And this, so it's total, I, oh, sorry. I would say total, no. it was like seven something years. Okay. That's because I was doing other things in the midst of it. Um, it could take your student that long, but also if they know what they want to study, that was more why it took me longer. Not that it was horrendous work, but I had to take a lull or like a gap year when I 
didn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but personally, as a parent, I think that's much better to take a little bit longer and graduate debt-free because so all in, you were seven years, but if you had taken out loans for all of this, how many years would that take you to pay off? Yeah. And yeah. Then, and think of know. the next step. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I thought you were finished. I was just no. going to say that right when I graduated, I started a business and started investing for retirement. So I might as well have been debt-free and started in my Roth IRA when I was 25. Yes. Then, yeah. Yeah. And that's another episode that will air actually before it's- so Karen and I are recording this on uh, June 5th, but it's not going to air for a little while yet. Um, but that's one of the things I'm going to talk about on my podcast is the opportunity cost of student loans. It's like, I graduated debt-free. So just like you're saying, first paycheck, I could start investing and putting in. My dad had opened up a Roth IRA for us when I was still in college. And then my gift to myself when I turned 25 was I put 200 bucks a month into that Roth IRA and I was making 21,000 a year. But because I had no debt, I could save right from the get-go. And I mean, that's the stuff that I don't think students at 18 years of age can really project out that far. You know, like you were so wise to look that far ahead. And it's probably from that financial piece university that you took in high school. But oh yeah, that's that's the the only reason. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So okay. So let's go back a little bit. Um when would you say that the the most scholarships are going to come directly from the school that the child wants to go to or would you say it's more from these private places or what's what's the lowest hanging fruit the easiest thing for parents to be asking about um so this probably is not the answer everyone out there's looking for but it's going to depend on your location, your state, your school, what your child wants to study. Um, But I can throw out some ideas that community colleges are usually awesome. They usually have great scholarship opportunities that tend to not be applied for as much because there's not as many people in that vicinity um, compared to going to a state school. And uh, like you want to have quality, like to try to do a good job in scholarships, but I would be looking for quantity over quality, to be very honest, because the more someone's trying for, the more chance of getting it. I don't want to say that you don't do quality, but I guess I would say do a a, a quite good, quite good, I don't know about grammar, but do a really <laughs> good application, but not a perfect one. Do a really good application and do 10 of those, 50 of those, instead of just a few perfect ones. Um, So, but when you said low-hanging fruit, I would imagine someone to look in, imagine like concentric circles. You're going to imagine your exact vicinity, like you and your family. What do you know of thus far? Like, is there something with your work or your husband's work that has scholarship opportunities? What about the exact high school y'all are going to? Or if you're homeschooled, you know, talk about that in the homeschool community. Or what about the church denomination you're at? Some are related to that. A lot of church ones are like if you're going into ministry, but you might as well ask. Like, I want people to look in. I'm not sure so much of it being low-hanging fruit or not, because it depends on 
what kind of work you do in the location. But I think a system, thinking of Dave Ramsey's baby step system, is to start close to yourself and go outward so that you don't feel like you're missing anything. Um, mm -hmm. I hope maybe that would make sense because then you can ask people in your sphere of influence, aunts and uncles and grandparents and then friends and then you know other people at church and work. And as you go outward, that depends also if your student is just in like middle school or high school or already in college or going to college now. Because if we're talking they're about in college, then you're going to do the concentric circles outward, starting with just admissions. And then like, are we talking freshmen or like transfer? And then don't like accept what they tell you, but expect that that's only the tip of the iceberg. Like the next okay. step is go to a financial aid advisor and be like, now what are the deeper levels of scholarships here? Like there are things out there at schools called endowed scholarships, which are from like some rich family that their child went to school there and passed away so many years ago. And to remember them, they have a scholarship for people who are of, I don't know, Norwegian descent, like super mm -hmm. random stuff that you got to go ask about. So the low hanging fruit, I guess, would be not as much like, only at schools or only in businesses, but more so, who are you comfortable talking to in your everyday life who might know something? The low-hanging fruit would probably be the people that you can connect with or learn about fast enough. And starting in in from your family, your work, and your student's school of however they're schooled or church mm -hmm. and going outward to the school they want to go to, local businesses, and then we can get to national businesses. There's a Coca-Cola scholarship. There's a Taco Bell scholarship, you know. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of what you meant? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so good because I think sometimes people get so overwhelmed with the idea of scholarships that they just don't even look into it. They just think it's a scam. I'm never, it's going to be a ton of work for not a lot of money. But I know me personally and my best friend, actually, our moms, we didn't know each other growing up, but our moms worked for the same company and she's oh. five years older than I am. And she got the scholarship when she was going to college and I got it when I went to college. That's cool. And, but it was a, it was a really big company. Um, so yeah. And that was just like through my mother's employer. And yep. um, I'm, I'm, so as you're talking, I'm also thinking locally, um, we have a running club here and mm -hmm. if you run cross country in high school you qualify for a scholarship and i think they i think they give away four thousand dollars in scholarships to local mm -hmm. high school runners doesn't mean you have to be state champ it doesn't mean anything no. super special you know so you could have started think, broken your foot and sat on the bench the rest of yeah like but people don't know about that unless they're following that group but just like you're saying if someone had come to me and said, Gina, do you know anything about scholarships? And I knew their kid was a runner. I could say, oh, you know what? Why don't you like look into this running scholarship? You know, it's, it's, you're not competing with thousands of kids. You're competing right. with like really a handful of kids that are going to apply for that. So I love that. I love that. It's just the tip of the iceberg, what they offer you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can I, can I add one more thing on that? Sure. Our local uh, credit union not the bank, but it's a credit union, which has changed in the definition. It doesn't mean you have to have credit because I'm not looking at having, a, but whatever. It's just right. called a credit union. Mm -hmm. They actually sent out an email like we have these scholarships for like a high school student and a college student and they have not been filled. Like, is anybody want this? 
mom? Does yes. anybody know? Like, you know, there's that. And then when I was at my community college, every once in a while, they would send an email out, like the deadline's coming for scholarships. Like last year, only half of them were given out because people just didn't even apply for them. So like, yeah, here they are. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you just reminded me because my kids' savings accounts are at a credit union. And I totally forgot that in the newsletter, they do announce the scholarships. And I totally forgot about it. So I just wrote that down as like, we are definitely looking into that. Um, And even if you don't think you may or may not qualify for it, like if they only have one for college students and you're like, my child's a senior in high school, but they're announcing it, you could email them and be like, I know this is only for college students, but if nobody applies for this, could my student get it? Like I had a friend who got a woman's scholarship because he was the only one who applied. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I've heard of that. Yes. So, and then what would happen? Let's just say, use my son for an example. Let's say he did get the credit union scholarship and he's only in high school. What do they do? Just give you a check and you save it for your kid for next year? Or does it go to eventually? Sorry. Unfortunately, it just depends. Because okay. <laughs> like if they're, there are some scholarships that will only give to a school. So you have to like mm-hmm. prove enrollment and whatnot. But if, if it's for high schoolers, like they can't expect you to be enrolled in a college if you're like sophomore, junior, whatever. So I don't know. They might keep your name logged and noted. They might give you a check or put it in a certain account. Um, unfortunately, it's so ambiguous that mm-hmm. you'd have to just ask and see what yeah. that one does. Yeah. Okay. But it's still a great reminder for yeah. me, especially... Um, okay. So when I was in high school, so first day of freshman year, the president of the student body stood up and she said, your college application begins today. And we were taught, like I said, junior year, we had to submit two college scholarships every week for junior year, but we were also taught to really get involved with the school and do service and leadership. That's what was really emphasized in our school is now this is, 20, I graduated 29 years ago from high school. So is that still what you would recommend or what can, what can we as the parents tell our high schoolers, whether they're ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, like what can, what can each of those grade levels be working on to have Mm -hmm. their best chance at scholarships? Sure. Um, I feel like I kind of have two angles of answers here. So maybe you can direct me as you'd like to, but the first thing is leadership stuff and like like extracurriculars and volunteering is great but i'm just going to use that term great and not say overly necessary because i've heard of some people just like trying to do so much of this to the detriment of like sleep friends mental health like i say that because i generally talk to people who were more like me more like overachieving could get anxious about it so you know your student maybe maybe they don't want to do much of anything so you need to push them a little bit to do a few things but i guess i'm saying that's one reason i have the money and mental peace podcast mm-hmm. name and aspect that it's super important but also as long as you can keep a level of fun and your child is developing in mental health and emotional health. Like, I mean, that's what's going to take them farther than this exact laid out resume. Because how I personally did college, um, like what I had stuff that paid for it, I guess is how I should say, how I figured it out, what what scholarships I got, um, only a small amount were applicable to 
um, how many extracurriculars I did, how many service hours and the, how high my GPA was. Okay. Just because there's ways of testing out of stuff, of um, internships you can do, uh, you know, Pell Grants, other financially based scholarships. Um, and I had even said, well, I don't think I would qualify for financial scholarships, financial need, because my parents make too much. But they don't make a lot, but like they make too much that they're not in the poverty level. You know what I mean? Right. They make too much, but certainly not enough to pay for my schooling. And I had an advisor, a college advisor say, well, that's called financial need. I was like, but I don't have financial need because my parents make too much. She's like, but they make too much, but don't have enough. So there's a gap. So that's still financial need. I was like, oh, that makes sense. so um, yes. I, you know, I am not a parent and I am not here to do like therapy or like life coaching, whatever. But from what I have learned, whenever I would have kids, I would personally have more of a focus on physical, mental, and emotional health and keeping good grades. But I mean, C's and B's are average. So like, don't kill your kid over this, like keeping good enough grades, mental, physical, emotional health, friendships, um, getting in extracurriculars and leadership opportunities and stuff they're interested in, you know, and having, as long as your kid's healthy in all of the aspects of life and has some uh, volunteer opportunities and leadership whenever, like, that's great. But I wouldn't kill your kid. Oh, not that you're going to kill your kid. That's all right. I know but like, kill over all of these things to make like on a resume, because by the time they start college, it's like you get in and then you get in and then it's like, they're not going to look at all those things you did then at that point. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you're, I have an episode is one of my favorite. That's like uh, confessions of a recovering overachiever mm -hmm. because I th like my, my first looking at like jobs and whatever. And then I just started my own business. We're barely ever looking at your college GPA. This is when I know you got a, a degree. Like mm -hmm. I had students in math classes with me and I would not recommend this because you want to be able to still learn, but like they were just getting D's to pass and get the degree and go oh, on geez. like D's get degrees. So I, I would encourage like, you know, like B's at least, or like C's, but it depends if they're trying, but I'm just saying to once you get into college, that experience is great, but it's not absolutely necessary. And then like, once you're trying to get a job out of college, your GPA is great, but the highest is not absolutely necessary. I hope that's like a balanced view. I love like, that view. Yeah. The majority of view. how I paid for college had very little to do with my high school resume and my GPA level, but it helped. It just mm -hmm. wasn't everything. Okay. Yeah. That's I think really I did more know. having like relational maturity and emotional maturity to actually go and ask advisors questions. I feel like I got more from that than just yes. being like, I did 1200 volunteer hours. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a really good point of view. I love that. And Thank you. I'm, I'm not hard on my kids about grades because I just feel like, um, and you do the Christian coaching and stuff like that. And that's how I feel too. It's like, we're put on this earth to do God's will. And grades are a very recent development on the grand scheme of the world. So, and I always say to my kids, like, God gave you gifts. And if you're really struggling in an area, it's probably not what he's calling you to do. So just get through that. 
Mm-hmm. And then let's like the stuff that you naturally love and that comes easy to you. That's probably more what he's calling you to do. So let's really invest in that area of your life. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like how you said so, that get through it. Cause you got to learn perseverance to still do it, mm-hmm. but you don't have to kill yourself to get an A plus. If right. It's right. Not. Also, um, I got to let you keep asking questions. I'm sorry, but it turns <laughs> out when you're going to, if your student's going to transfer, look into this type of stuff. Turns out when I transferred from my community college to my university, just how it worked, not all colleges and states do this, but just how this one worked is they just transferred my credits, not my GPA. So I literally could have just gotten D's all of my community college years and gone into my university with just my credits. It wouldn't have affected my GPA. Now, I'm not saying try to just go get Ds, but I probably could have, like, let the foot off the gas a tad and gotten better sleep. I think it's (laughs) a good reminder to, um, if the child is in community college and they're struggling a little bit, because I think, I always say to my kids, the hardest thing about college is time management. And I think that's a lot of what you're learning in that first year or so. Um, and the courage to ask questions, I would say that in time management. Yeah. Yes. So that's good to hear you say that because maybe they struggled a little bit. It took them a little while to find their footing and maybe they feel like their grades suffered and now, oh gosh, I blew it. I'm never going to be able to transfer it to university, but you're saying don't stress. Well, you got to check your local place while they do that. But yeah, that I would have just, I actually knew I, at one point I knew that. So I was mm-hmm. finishing a class and I was like, just stressed from things in life. And I was like, you know what? I calculated if I just got 12% on the final exam, I would still mm-hmm. get like a C, like a B minus or C plus and transfer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even study for the final exam. And not because I was trying to be a terrible student because I was keeping up with all these other things I was doing and making sure I got enough sleep at night. Like mm-hmm. there's a time for that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the overall life lesson that we should be teaching our kids. It's like, you don't want to kill yourself for a job that would replace you in a day. And nor should you be killing yourself for a grade that a year from now isn't going to matter. You know, like I always say, like, no one's ever asked me my GPA. And in all these years since I've been a college graduate, I don't even know that anyone's ever asked me where I went to college. Yeah. Just that you got a degree. Yeah, that's it. You just, okay. I went. At an accredited place. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So I have one, I'm going to finish up with. One more question. And then if you think I missed anything that was crucial for my listeners to hear, um, then I'll just ask you to say that. But one of the the things I want to ask you um, is regarding AP classes. So my son killed himself taking AP classes his freshman year of high school, and he tanked. His GPA tanked. Do you recommend kids taking AP classes because it looks better? Or do you recommend not taking them and having a higher GPA? Uh, That's a great question that I don't always get asked. So this is fun. Um, First off, like, don't just go for anyone listening, like on my opinion on this, because I don't know your student, like your, your student might have friends going in that class and want to take the AP class and, Mm -hmm. you know, or just be like the, the, the classes they're taking now is too easy. Like might as well try it, whatever. But I, I see no necessity to Mm -hmm. 
to taking the AP classes. Like I would almost rather your student, okay, just went through algebra or American history from, you know, 1700s to 18 something. Like sometimes it's split up. What I'm saying is I would almost rather see your student have just studied something in a semester or a trimester or a year in high school, go take a clap test on that exact thing, get reimbursement from that company I was mentioning about if you use their study guides and get three to six college credits from that because they already just studied it versus killing yourself in an AP class because you've got to keep up a certain level and then like a final exam grade to actually get any sort of credit from it. Um, I just that's an idea because then it's not as hard during high school. It's it keeps that high school GPA up. Now, again, like I said, GPA, not absolutely everything, um, but it can assist in getting into like a college you'd like. But if you just have a good GPA, like you should be able to get into a community college, which is which they're amazing. My community college, I feel like I learned more at than my university. Just mm -hmm. it was smaller. It was just so I mean. I don't know about you and your kid and your life's experience, um, but unless if, if, if I ever have kids, unless if they just like love that um, subject, love school, or they're bored with classes, they want to take AP or their friends are doing it, I don't see any necessity to it because you might as well like <laughs> keep up the self-esteem of your child. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you if you think they did pretty good, have them go take a CLEP test, see if they can get college credit for it. You know, so these CLEP tests you're talking about, you're saying that they could do this as early as their freshman year in high yeah. school. Yeah. And yeah. then they just kind of hang on to those. It's college credit. It's just yeah. Kind of you just have there. to I, now this might have changed since I did it. So I want to <laughs> take the okay. responsibility off myself. But when I did it, they would keep it on record with CLEP for like 20 years for you to transfer whenever you wow. want. So I, I mean, like I have like I've talked with like uh, homeschool high school students where it's like just do CLEPs as like your final exam of your class. Just like study wow. whatever you're going to mm -hmm. study take the CLEP test, try to pass, you're going to be graduating high school with, you know, potentially a year or two of college prereqs under your belt. If you or do it like that, essentially, if you, want to. if you want to, I mean, you don't have right. to. Yeah. Essentially hundred dollars or go to, uh, and I'll just say like it, modern, it's called modernstates.com and check about their reimbursement strategies and how that works. I actually have a friend who graduated college with his bachelor's at 19 because he just well, he's also like very overachieving and type a but like he mm -hmm. wanted to do it so it wasn't like he was killing himself over it so yeah right. he just because he wanted to go to law school so he just needed kind of a general degree so he's just like yep i'm just gonna do high school and then also kill it at college and graduate 19 then he went to michigan state at like early 20s the youngest law student that had ever been there type of thing wow. now that is an overachieving thing but he wanted to do that i'm, I'm mm -hmm. not saying your kid has to do that but i would just almost rather you have your kid take clep tests and actually get college credits than have to kill over ap tests if that's not their jam but like right. some kids might like it like right. i'm and not i know seeing yeah ap in general i know i have homeschooling mamas listening so this is really great advice, or even maybe this is something kids could do over the summer. So you have your freshman year of high school, 
whatever yeah. classes you took that you felt really strong in, you take that clap test. Um, that's a really smart way to go about this. This is what I school. wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you have high school or homeschool families, have them go to homeschoolingforcollegecredit.com. Okay. Um, and it's literally a lady who is on like, who works at, uh, Th- I think it's Thomas Edison State College or one of the, one of these universities that take almost unlimited transfer credits. So like you can pretty much test out of not just the first couple of years, but like most of your degree, there are several schools like that, that have that. And so she's like an, ad- like admissions something or other, I'm going to butcher what she does. And she literally lays out these are the different types of um, college credits that can transfer, um, meaning different things you can test out of. So in the top middle of her page, I'm looking at it now, it says master list of college credits, and you can go from different types from CLEP tests, um, AP, DSSTs, and she literally lays them out by types of how transferable they are. Like if these types of tests, they're not just CLEP tests, there's a a bunch of other types. So like these tests will probably transfer to most any university. Type two is good transferability. Type three is very limited transferability. It's only for certain schools that'll take it, you know. Basically, you could just homeschool your kids for college credits and like, I just, just look at all that. Look at all the stuff up. And her, um, her, her site wouldn't, her site wouldn't necessarily just be for homeschooling kids because it's showing you all these different tests. Correct. No, it's just, that's just her, her market. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you know, I haven't asked you, is there any final tips or tricks that we could be doing with our high school kids to either get more scholarships, be more eligible for scholarships, anything we missed? Um, I'm, I'm really not quite as concerned on like the eligible for scholarships, except to the point of developing some writing skills, because sometimes you have to write, sometimes it's a paragraph, sometimes it's 500 to a thousand words, or you just don't even have to do those scholarship applications if you don't want to do that much of an essay. Um, now, not all scholarships are essays either. Actually, I did apply for quite a few essay scholarships and I only got a couple. A lot of the other ones from were from like transferring or I was in this club or I did this internship or I did the choir scholarship. So it's not like essay scholarships are the only ones out there, but I mean, that could be something just like having skills in that. And I think just honestly, what financial skills are you teaching your kid? Like, what if they just don't finish college? They only do a year or two, but you know, they didn't go in debt. So that's great. That's fine. Like, do they know how to budget? Do they understand even just a bare bones imagining of compound interest and how it would be better to compound positively than negatively with loans? Like, are they actually invested in this as much as you are? Um, and mm-hmm. care about like stewarding the money of the kingdom of God. Like, I feel like it's more of an abstract thing, but in my future, <laughs> um, if I'd have kids, I I would be more concerned about just their overall person, personage, I don't know, of that mm-hmm. than exactly like I have to do this exact thing in freshman year or, or 
junior or whatever. And I will also, I'm just kind of throwing out random tidbits, like you said. Mm So I will also say there are totally scholarships out there, even starting middle school and up sometimes. Those are less prevalent in middle school, but like all throughout high school. Um, And also just, you know what, I lost, I was going to say one more thing. So hopefully it wasn't that important. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just, just the concept of developing them as a human as a person I think more important than than whatever they're getting to beyond like even if they would decide to go to trade school actually I'm having a couple episodes coming out soon which is like um top 10 high paying jobs with you only get with a two-year degree I mean there's some crazy crazy good ones and there's like top six that you only need trade school or even like a high school diploma like did you know you can be like an elevator repairman and earn like 70 80,000 a year and you only need a high school diploma and training. Yes. You know, just like I'm just saying train up your child as the whole person. It doesn't just yes. have to be to get into college. But uh-huh. if you want it to be getting into college, you can connect with me, my podcast. There are other tips and tricks like how I basically got paid to do homework because I just found jobs that were not busy at all at school. And I would just like sit there and do my homework until someone mm-hmm. needed me. You know, you can get yeah. paid to take notes in class for another student. It was already a class I was going to. I was already taking notes. So I might as well get paid for it to, to copy them to another student. Like there's just so many random things. Just think outside the box and raise your child that. as the child and not just as trying to get into college. And but if you want actual practical steps, I can help them find scholarships. Just all the things. Great. And um, I love that. And next week, actually, I will have an interview with a mom of a child that chose the path of a trade school. Because I really do. I do want to encourage the parents of all the different types of kids like God, like he made all these varieties because we need all these different jobs. Like my sister's a nurse. Thank God, because I could never, I could never. My daughter busted her finger and there was so much blood and I stood there in my kitchen frozen <laughs> and I, my son, my son came in and he's, he's working on Eagle Scout. Like he's, he just has the paperwork to finish it up. And I'm like, you're the highest ranking scout in this room. What do we do? And he's like, just wrap it. mom. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but like, I like I just think that like, they were all given a gift that is to be used for his greater glory. And I think if, as parents, if we're just encouraging them to do their best and to figure out what they're being called to do. Um, and me personally, I just believe if they do that debt free, it really frees them up to do what they're called to do. Cause then, you know, just like how you graduated debt free, you were free to start a business right mm-hmm. away and look how much um, good you're doing and bringing to parents, you know? So if you were straddled with debt, you probably couldn't have started your own business. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. Thank you so. for saying that. Yes. It's fun to connect with people. And honestly, I'm not even parent and I love being on parenting podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So it's fun. Oh, good. So, okay, Kara. So tell us again, your podcast, where they can find you, um, when they should reach out to you. If they're thinking like, oh yeah, I want to work with this girl. How old should their kid be to start working okay. with you? Can I, you know, the thing that I had said, I forgot. Can I throw this out yeah. there real quick? Yes, my yes. parents did not. I don't know if I said that. I mean, I feel like it was indicated, but my parents did not pay for my schooling. 
but mm-hmm. they supported me in so many other ways. Like I lived at home and there was like emotional support and all this other stuff. So I'm just throwing out there. If you cannot pay for your kids college, like it's fine. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like a requirement you had to sign when you decided to have kids and it's totally possible for them just to. And even the fact that you're listening to this and wanting to be helpful and helping them like find scholarships or find the next step, like that support is in the long run, probably more beneficial than if you were just like uber rich wrote them a check and never had any emotional connection with your kids. So I just want to throw that out there. Like it's possible if you can't use pay at all. Um, And then I think you asked about my stuff. Yeah. I have the podcast called money and mental peace. And what I do personally, I actually do scholarship strategy sessions with students where I learn about their plans for college and talk about the potential scholarships I could find them. And um, then if they would like to hire me, I can guarantee finding them scholarships for their exact situation, handpicked for their situation, sometimes based off major uh, state and location, hobbies, interests, or sometimes they're just other random ones. Like there was a scholarship recently that was like, don't text and drive scholarship. Like anybody could apply to it. You just have to write about why you shouldn't text and drive. Uh, And yeah, so I can guarantee finding students between $10,000 and $30,000 and potential opportunities, depending on what tier people want to hire me for. And then the student has to apply to them because right. I'm not going to legally, yeah, I'm not right. going to be like an identity theft. Okay. <laughs> right. But I can help find those so that like y'all can just take your time applying or sleeping or whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's my business. So I love to connect with whoever. And at what, at what year in high school oh, I'm sorry, would you, you recommend? Um, Honestly, I could connect with people any year in high school, but I will say a lot of times the like influx of like all of these scholarships open up, they tend to open up for like juniors and seniors. So we could definitely connect before juniors and seniors, but um, probably the, the time that you'd get the most potential opportunities was junior year or even honestly you're finishing sophomore year and if they're done with sophomore year it's the summer you count as a junior then or your student counts as a junior then so you can kind of get ahead of the game um that's not tried and true that has to be the only time you talk I actually have a lot of clients who are already in college so your student could already be in college there's opportunities there um so that was that vague enough (laughs) no I love it because I think you brought us back to the original conversation where it was like, Mm -hmm. just because you're already in college, doesn't mean that that ship has sailed. Like Mm -hmm. keep revisiting this topic because you never know what might be a new opportunity for you. Yes. Yes. So so many, so many honestly just reopen or only open for one year because some random person wanted to give money for something and it's Mm -hmm. only this year and you wouldn't have been able to find it earlier. It's just it's kind of a game. <laughs> yeah. And just like I said, don't be perfectionist. Just do a good job, even do a great job, but don't be perfectionist. I want you to be applying for quantity with good applications than just a few perfect ones. Cause there's so many applicants out there. Like I want to give you a heads up. You probably, I pretty much can guarantee your student will not get every scholarship they apply for. So Mm -hmm. you just have to have a variety, but save your application, like the essays, because it's not like a a college class where you can't plagiarize yourself. I mean, don't plagiarize others, but like you can reuse, your student can reuse essays Mm -hmm. because it's not like a class. So eventually the more you do, the easier and faster it is the next time. Yes. And in my day, we were on either handwriting them or word processor white out. So it's a lot easier now to write your essays and edit them and tweak them to 
fit the specific scholarship that you're applying for. Yep. Yep. All right, Kara, thank you so much. And I will have all of the information on where my listeners can contact you if they want to work with you and start listening to your podcast too, because I think that they'll find it very enjoyable and informational. So thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me, especially in a podcast that doesn't have people on a ton. I'm I'm honored. Yeah, I think you're only my third interview in 126 episodes. Hey, hey, also... BTW, remind me another time in our messages because I have to go after this call because I might be able to have you on sometime to tell your college story. So we'll we'll keep connecting. All right. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to us. (laughs) All right. Take care.